There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks to everyone who supports Daily Tech News Show directly. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Thursday, September 6, 2018 in Chesterfield, Missouri. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. From Oakland, California, I'm Justin Robert Young. And Roger. And Roger. Oh. And I'm uh, <laughs> sorry. I'm so. <laughs> it's new. It's new. I know. You got a lot of your plans. I'm the producer, Roger Chang. Thank you. For uh, a big thanks to John Schmerald of Katie Computer Systems in Chesterfield, uh, who's letting me set up here in his office uh, and do the show today. It's very kind of him. He's got a wedding going on this weekend that he's got to get to, but he was nice enough to let me uh, be here and use the studio so I could be on the show today. Uh, we've got some great things to talk about. So let's start with a few tech things you should know. Dell's second quarter earnings reported revenue up 18% to $22.9 billion and adjusted earnings up 13% to $2.46 billion. For fiscal 2019, Dell's looking ahead says it looks pretty good, expects adjusted revenue of as much as $92 billion and adjusted net income of as much as $5.3 billion. You might recall that Dell is looking to return to the public market five years after the company took itself private. Microsoft announced a new Xbox skill for Cortana and Amazon Alexa, letting users that have either a Cortana or Alexa-enabled device control their Xbox One with their voice. Skills will include turning off the console, or on, I guess, uh, with their voice, launching games, apps, and controlling media playback. Microsoft is also partnering with Amazon to integrate Alexa into Cortana and vice versa. Apple's got an event coming up September 12th. You may not have realized that uh, if you don't read the internet. It's only one week away. Sources telling 9to5Mac, hey, you know how everybody's been saying that it's going to be called the iPhone XS? Well, the 6.5-inch version that is rumored to be coming out is going to be called the iPhone XS Max. Great thing about these kinds of rumors is we can plan all of our funny puns ahead of time. Apple also remembered to uh, unveil uh, not only the iPhone XS and XS Max, but a smaller mid-size LCD version that'll cost less and an Apple Watch Series 4. All right, let's talk a little bit more about the idea of cryptocurrency as a government currency. 
Yeah, the Reserve Bank of India has formed an interdepartmental group to study the idea of introducing a form of flat digital currency as a replacement for paper notes. Last year, Dubai introduced a state-backed cryptocurrency called MCash. Russia, Iran, Venezuela, and Israel have also experimented with state-backed crypto. This is one of the most interesting things to me because countries are both afraid and tentatively wanting to embrace cryptocurrency. There's a lot of the same countries developing cryptocurrency that are also shutting it down. Uh, for instance, India, where they, they have forbid financial uh, institutions from trading in cryptocurrency. But they're also thinking, well, maybe that would be a good thing for us to do. Well, there, there are two elements to it. Number one, the coolest thing about cryptocurrency, in my opinion, is the concept of money without state backing. And yet, cryptocurrency is so easy to do relative to, you know, starting your own state-backed currency that why not? Why not try? And, and if you are a nation, then – and we are still in a, a infancy for this world – I think the idea of getting over leveraged in a cryptocurrency and then having it be worthless is a much bigger fear than creating something that at least you'll know as long as you're backing it, it will be there. You know, it's it's you know, it, it, some of the details of this obviously will 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 come out as as it as it moves forward. But, you know, India in particular, you know, at least in my travels there is a real cash centric country. Um, and you know, that's, that's changing every day, of course, but this would seem like there, there are certain countries where you go like, yeah, okay, Norway, sure. The, you know, <laughs> Sweden got it. India. Hmm. Okay. That's, um, if, if you're re- truly replacing paper notes for, for the entire country, you know, billions of people, that's, um, that's a pretty tall order. Yeah, and it's funny you should say replace paper notes because remember India did that where they replaced their paper notes and and basically said the old paper notes are no longer good after this day. They kind of surprised everyone with this uh, as an effort to combat fraud and stop uh, people who were laundering money or engaging in criminal activity from being able to use the money that they had uh, stored away. So. I, I get where India's head's going, which is like, well, that was really hard to do. What if we did it with digital, though? And I guess reason they're exploring it is they have to take into account what you're saying, Sarah, and figure out how does this hit the smaller areas, the rural areas. We they are uh, smartphones are penetrating India at a faster rate than ever before, uh, but still not everybody's connected. So you know, what would be the timeline? How would they roll it out? Would they actually replace paper notes, or would they just make them a substitute? The FIDO Alliance has launched a certification program for biometric systems. The goal is to integrate certified systems into FIDO, uh, or, or, sorry, certified systems into FIDO certified authenticators. FIDO will work with accredited independent labs to test systems for performance and presentation attack detection and certify ones deemed fit for commercial use. The lab, iBeta, in the U.S. has been accredited for testing, and more labs worldwide are expected to be added soon. Now, remember, Fido Alliance often uh, is associated with Google because Google is a founding member of it, but it is a nonprofit organization, and it's it's many companies involved in it. And its goal is to get rid of passwords, to have a secure replacement for passwords. I love this idea of pushing for a standard in a way that not only says – 
we want a reliable, secure as secure as possible uh, biometric system. But we're going to push the companies like Samsung. Remember, Samsung's uh, iris detection was fooled by a contact lens over over a picture. Now, granted. Uh, it's probably not as bad of a, a situation as it sounds like, but it's certainly not something that a government agency or maybe a large enterprise is going to be comfortable with. This kind of standard can push them to say, you have to do better than that if you want to be accepted into this standard, which is becoming more and more attractive to companies, especially enterprises who right now have to certify all this stuff themselves. If they could rely on a standard from FIDO, it would make it easier for them to shop for devices as well. Uh, look, there is no doubt that these uh, are, are very, very um, worthwhile goals to, to make things more secure. And I think we have moved in that direction on a lot of the commercial devices. The question is going to be exactly where they want to draw the line of this is certification and how easy it is for manufacturers to do it. Because I think we're at that tipping point. We're at the point where, no, 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 we, we I would love a device where I could just uh, uh, be able to totally forget about passwords in a way that I've, I think a lot of people largely have with these newer generation smartphones. Yeah. And, uh, and we're not there. I don't think Fido thinks we're there, but that's the goal. And this is another of the steps along the way. AMD is rolling out its latest processors based on the Zen architecture, including a good old fashioned Athlon branded chip, uh, which is an accelerated processing unit that combines graphics and processing onto one chip. The AMD Athlon 200GE with the Radeon Vega 3 graphics has two CPU cores and will sell for a 55 bucks. 50, that's, you heard me right. Woo! The AMD Athlon Pro 200GE chip with two CPU cores and three graphics compute units is targeted at the commercial market. And AMD announced two new Ryzen chips as well, a six-core uh, Ryzen 5 Pro 2600 with two chips and eight cores and the Ryzen 7 Pro 2700. Oh, I, I said two. There are three. Also, the Ryzen Pro 2700X. Uh, AMD, man, like, you know, at a time where I think a lot of people are, are thinking that these kind of processors are becoming a mature market and maybe only one company could dominate, they are giving Intel a run for their money. Well, and, you know, I know that the um, the 200GE, which is the, the Athlon um, chip that, that you mentioned first, Tom, I mean, that's a very attractive price. 55 bucks? Now, of course, that's definitely consumer market. The rest of them are much more commercial, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, with prices like that, how can you say no? You know, I mean, what's interesting, there was a recent report I was reading, I think it was either PC Magazine net. So the, the rise in the, uh, the, the higher end chips have been doing pretty well, but AMD is still not making gains in the lower end market, which is the commoditized, notebooks that you, know, you buy for a student or, or mm -hmm. people who just need to get on the internet and they want to take some of that market away from Intel. So they need to refresh the offerings at that level. And this is what they're doing. And if they can, if, if they can make the value proposition of it doesn't need to be the best, you know, 14 or 15 inch, you know, uh, a notebook, it just needs to be better than what's currently uh, available from Intel at a price point where people say, Hey, you know what? Uh, uh, dollar for dollar, I get the same performance out of this AMD notebook that I would out of this Intel. I'll save myself 80 bucks and I'll buy the M AMD. And Microsoft uh, likes that too, right? Because they could throw Windows S on there uh, and have a cheap laptop to compete with Chromebooks, which is becoming a competitive space as well. And, uh, you know, competition is, is good. And we'll, I, I expect to see more features and, and ideally uh, a, a better sl uh, slate of 
you know, nice products at that price point instead of having like, well, you know, this is this is all the bin chips that we have that yeah, didn't really yeah. make the cut. So here you go. Just in time for back to school. <laughs> Nielsen has acquired Super Data Research, which creates data estimations for digital games, like how many people bought a game and how many people are using this game and for how many hours a day type stuff by looking at the behavior of 160 million folks. Nielsen now joins the tracking firm, the NPD Group, which also tracks video games, has been doing it for a long time, since the 90s, actually, in 2016. NPD started including digital sales in its monthly reports. But here's the difference. NPD gets its data directly from video game publishers. Nielsen says it's going to use super data to provide its clients with different information about the digital side of games by analyzing consumer behavior instead. That's interesting. How very Nielsen of them. Right. Yeah. Nielsen is in such a fascinating place in a world <laughs> where everything is verifiable because their brand is effectively, we will give you the best guess we have on an unverifiable audience. <laughs> and now on the internet where everything's got a counter on some level, either when you buy it or when you use it, and, and we're only seeing more and more places where people are opting into tracking literally everything they do. The question is what, you know, what wither Nielsen uh, and, and <laughs> how, how they, change, uh, uh, how, how they evolve to this marketplace. I want to fight back a little bit on the perception around Nielsen though. And, and granted, I have led the charge of complaining about how, you know, the 5,000 group has its flaws uh, and tech TV, you know, had to, had to fight for a decent rating because we had a small audience, et cetera. But mm-hmm. Nielsen's pretty good at what they do in, in general. And yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fairly accurate sample size, it, even though it's just oh, that. Yeah. And, right. but, but one more thing, the one thing I learned really quickly at techtv.com was verifiable stats need interpretation still. Uh, and that's what Nielsen is selling is we're good at telling you what the data means. So we're going to collect all this data and we're going to tell you what soda do these folks like to drink? Where do they pause and watch a cutscene? If you have product placement in a video, how, what are they looking at? Stuff like that. And that's something I think they might be pretty good at. That is, that is true. Uh, a, you're right that the data needs to be collated, and you are right that they have been good at what they've done. The problem is that what they have done is an, an ancient art that I don't know how long that will need to be practiced. And what they are good at, a lot of people are good at. And people are getting better at every day because that is the basis of all advertising. Not some advertising, not targeted advertising, all advertising now. And when the and the and some of the top... When, 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 all, when all the top companies on the internet are also advertising sellers, then that means that a lot of people are focusing on exactly that. If Nielsen's smart, and it kind of looks like they are, they're going to be positioning themselves and are positioning themselves as, we were doing big data before there was big data. And we, we are the people who can tell you what it means. Mm. Well, I hope they can um, help uh, podcast producers find out what uh, their numbers are like, because that's a whole other market that it would be great if Nielsen could tap into. Mm, Too small. (laughs) Starting mid-September, Tencent will enable a new age verification system linked to China's National Public Security Database for its Honor of King series of video games. The company previously vowed to limit the game to one hour a day for children 12 and under. 
and two hours a day for those between 13 and 18. Honor of Kings is a popular multiplayer RPG based on historic Chinese figures, but has been criticized by the government for being too addictive to children. Yeah, I mean, this this goes in line with a lot of other the stories we're seeing out of China, uh, where they're they're trying to cut down on obsessive behaviors, uh, trying to limit access, uh, overdoing it on social networks and 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 uh, making people register with real names so that they are more responsible with what they post on social networks. So this one doesn't really surprise me. I don't want to uh, get all uh, snare drum and fife, uh, you know, about this, but it is very scary to me that you are uh, using a state run database for for stuff like this to control this kind of behavior. And I know that this is just an element of Chinese culture. This is an element of, of, of what the Chinese government does. But man, does it make me very uneasy. And that's the only thing I can think of when I read something like this. Well, and just, you know, harking back to my days as a gamer, you know, <laughs> when, I, when I was 11 years old and play a lot of Super Mario Brothers, it's like one hour a day, not enough. Two hours a day, not enough. You know, you're, you're hanging out after school for a few hours, you know, playing with your friends. So I wonder how uh, these times... Um, these time limits have been arrived at and why. Yeah. Fauxpas says, how will they get good enough to compete in esports? <laughs> they can only play two hours. Well, they'll have to get good at several games. So you can play two hours of, of, yeah. of Honor of Kings and then you go on to Warcraft and then right. you move on. Well, yes. Yeah. Well, no. And then the, the, the best esports athletes will be bred amongst each other and kept in specific <laughs> Hey, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. All right, let's talk about humanity. And by humanity, I mean a startup called Hugh-Manity, not all of us people. Uh, Humanity launched an app for Android and iOS called Hashtag My31. It's a little bit of a activist name uh they're saying there are 30 human rights recommend recognized by the united nations and they think your right to own the data about you on the internet should be the 31st human right so hence the name my 31 my 31 the app lets people control their medical data and share it with contractual enforcement handled by ibm's hyperledger fabric blockchain so in other words uh while hipaa protects your data from being shared without your knowledge uh it doesn't have all the protections you have if you have total legal control. The app here will let users set the terms for data. For instance, in the U.S., medical data can be sold if it's anonymized. My31 could let you have more control over that and say, approve your data to be used in anonymous fashion by one company, but not by another, uh, or maybe just for one or two trials, but not forever without you getting further approval company is going to use rewards like uh, frameable titles to your data uh, to encourage people to sign up, Kickstarter-ish kind of rewards. And if it gets to a million users, it believes it can negotiate deals with data brokers and pharmaceutical companies. They say that the companies are already interested because they will be able to provide higher quality data. If you're saying, yes, you can give this data, then it's verifiable, uh, it's updatable, and and potentially it's a higher quality of data because people are opting in to giving it. And you as a consumer get to decide how your medical data is used. And of course, humanity would like to do this for other kinds of data down the road. They're starting with medical data uh, to begin with because they think that's something everybody can understand wanting to have control over. 
I think this is a great idea. Uh, uh, the battle for our data and the digital trail that we leave only becomes more valuable. And the question is how much of that trail we really own, uh, specifically as we carve further and further into our own lives with uh, biometric tracking uh, as, as you know, I think from even the earliest days of, of, of this show and, and, and its previous incarnations as fitness trackers became important. The question was never, is this good data? The question was always, what does it do well for me? This is another thing that Nielsen should get into Tom <laughs> talk about what this data means. Uh, if we start there, and then we continue to go forward exponentially as all these devices become uh, cleared by the FDA. We are able to tell more and more and get answers faster and faster to our health woes. Then, yes, 150 percent. Absolutely. We need to rethink what it means to have this data protected, not only by HIPAA laws, but I also think with this, you know, uh, that that, you know, we we need to fight for this protection because otherwise it will just go out into the ether. I don't know a lot about humanity, the company. I actually don't know that much about humanity, the species either. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know a lot about this startup. Uh, it is, on the one hand, concerning to me to have a private company, a profit-motivated company, pushing this because, well, how are they going to, you know, yes, they can make their money off of selling you control, but there's always going to be a temptation to make that control a little less strict uh, because it can make them more money. Open source projects like MIT's Solid, which has Tim Berners-Lee on board, are more appealing to me because they're independent. They're like the FIDO Alliance, where they are trying to be an open standard. But I hesitate to criticize this because I like the ideas behind it. And the more of these kinds of efforts that get underway, the better, because it's only by having several of them tried that we're going to have some of them catch and start working. And we really need this. We need a new system that lets us control our data. Yeah, as somebody who's, you know, had... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet 
strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model in the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. Variety of medical issues, as have we all over the years, um, and been, you know, spent countless hours trying to figure out things with insurance companies and, yeah, what, who knows what and what doctor can talk to this doctor and specialists. And, you know, it's a mess to the point that I have never felt like I was uh, in control of my own data. That was something that I just sort of had to ask other people to hopefully mm-hmm. do and, yeah. you know, let's see, let's see how far we can go, right, before somebody says no, um, where I get denied for coverage. Uh, so I love the idea of this. But yes, Tom, you're right. It's, it's, it's a private company. And uh, if, you, if I have the option to say, this company, no, but this company, yes, I actually want my medical records. Okay, well, then then is that company going to be, even if I feel comfortable at that moment, is that going to be you know, the right uh, situation for me as somebody who doesn't really understand the nuances of a lot of healthcare stuff that goes on behind the scenes? It's a lot it's, like it's a, complicated. Yeah, it's a lot like choosing a VPN to me, which is, yeah. you know, I want to choose a VPN to protect my data from being seen by others on the network, but I have to trust the VPN company because they're going to see all my data on the network, right. you know? Right. And obviously right. you can let encrypt me, it let, and all that too. Let me also dig it uh, another two steps forward. The more we own our health data, the more we can monetize our own health data. Oh, there's right? a whole thing about DNA and personal DNA there. Absolutely. Yeah. So so now if we are looking at companies for which we sign over our rights for a million and a half different reasons, we share it with servers that you know provide devices and services and stuff like that, that they can then anonymize and sell out. What's to say that we can't use our own? If, if through a database... We could register ourselves with, with, with a database and say, with a tap of a button, I can provide from my house to, with no visit to a doctor data that could advance a trial further than it would have in, at, at any other time because I own it and I have it available to me. That's a huge thing. And, but, and- but, but, but then who's facilitating you sharing that data? Probably how, companies how- like Humanity. Well, I mean that's one option, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and 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 that that's the question that Sarah and I are asking is like, okay, maybe humanity I trust. Maybe you know they're uh, a, a trustworthy VPN type provider. We're going to need more of these before we can really you know vet that. And and there will be ways to vet that, and that's great. Uh, but I like where you're going with that, Justin. Which is you know, I, it becomes it levels the playing field quite a bit. Uh, and and just your personal information becomes a monetization point for every single individual. I've heard a lot of people talking about DNA in that, that vein. I hadn't even thought about it as just, you know, general health data records. Do I, what, before we move off of this, I want to ask, what do you guys think of the idea, the sort of higher level idea that owning your data should be considered a human right? Uh, I think that is correct. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't imagine a world where I'd say no. I no, it's not my right to own my own data, especially if it's medical data. I mean, if anybody, one person should have that information, it should be me. Yeah, 
uh, I, I look, I, I, I think that it is, it's important that we recognize the people that put together the services and devices that allow us to track this. But that being said, we should, you know, now that we are more sophisticated on these grounds, we need, I am for drawing a more conservative line and encouraging behavior that puts my data in my hands more and more, both with health and literally everything else. Like, I think we are, we are getting to a point now where culture has shifted enough that I, that is to me, the, the obvious trend line as we go forward. Yeah. It's to me, it's a tough one. Uh, too many human rights and, and, and you, you have a problem, right? Uh, generally that's never been a problem in the history of humanity, but I say, you know, I can conceive of a way that it could be. I, I sort of have the gut feeling that Sarah has, which is like, yeah, it's my data. I should have a right to it. But the difference between a human right and a law is every single culture and nation on earth must respect this versus, well, some cultures may not value personal data as much as others. And I'll be honest, I don't know where I come down on that. I, my, my guts comes down where Sarah does, but I, I don't know if maybe there is an exception out there. I will quickly add, to, for, for my sake, it depends on the context. If you have some sort of virulent disease uh, that could that is highly contagious and possibly uh, a high risk you know, to the, the greater community. I mean, I mean, it's for example, does having owning your data mean no one else gets it without your express permission? Or are there uh, are there avenues where health officials can say, hey, you know what? You have so and so we're going to just notify people around you that you have that and they shouldn't be Ooh, within five. I haven't feet really of thought you. about that. Yeah. You know what I mean, like. There are yeah. exceptions. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And those exceptions uh, should, and those are exceptions that are already in place with things like HIPAA, uh, where you, you may not release the name of the person, but you, you quarantine them and everything. I don't think that's so hard to solve. Well, it's, a great, also, it's a great point. We, we, we have our ways of getting around stuff like that. And if, if there is national or local databases for which would benefit from it, knowing whether or not you are in a situation that could endanger others, then you can tie it to your ability to get, a driver's license or, or other state or local things like, you know, there, there's, there's ways that we, we have a tendency to kind of force people into those boxes. Uh, healthcare. Uh, the, the topic goodness, continues. It's all been solved. <laughs> <Yes>. Solved it. <laughs> if any topic never ends, it's healthcare. Uh, hey, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. Sometimes there's healthcare topics there. Uh, tech topics for sure. You guys are the best. Guys and gals, submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We're also on Facebook. Hang out with us there, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. And all your feedback goes into the mailbag, and then we pull some out and read it. True story, Tom. Larry, a.k.a. the Geeky Trucker, writes... Just my opinion, thinking about the Apple invitation obsession over that circle. Okay. What Larry is referring to is... is uh, now I can't remember it because uh, it was a, the media invite that Apple sent out had a circle media, on it. Yeah, but it, but and the tagline was "See you around." I can't remember. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, there've been so many. You know, you, you never know with Apple. But the whole thing is about you the circle. Get, I'll find you, out the text. You know, yeah, Larry says I think uh, they're going to have a round watch. Haven't heard anything in the rumors. Just gather. Speculation. It was gather, gather round. round. Gather that's, round. Yes, that's yeah. right. I should have wrote that in my notes. Um, I kind of assumed that too, Larry. I, I think you're on the right track. I, I don't have any inside information either, but mm -hmm. that's 
I, I, I assumed the roundness was not going to be a round phone, although I made a joke about that when <laughs> Apple first made their announcement. Right. But a round watch, that would, I would wear a round watch more than a square watch. It's just sort of a, it's a watch I would prefer to wear. And then uh, Nth Mike in the Slack pointed out the following. Yesterday's episode was number 3361, uh, which is the 1222nd episode of the DTNS era. The Buzz Out Loud era was 1,228 episodes. The DTNS era will reach that point next Thursday, which means that as of next Friday's episode, the DTNS era will be the longest of the three eras of Tom Does Tech News Podcasting. Yes! <laughs> so, uh, we're, TNT was in there, right? Yeah, Somewhere? TNT ran for less time than Buzz Out Loud, though. So uh, I see. Okay. All right. Well... How about that? We've won. With me on it, I should say. Not me <laughs> Tom, Tom, you've outdone yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. For the third and hopefully you. last time. Right. Yeah. Let's just let's just stop here. It's we we've got a good thing. We we've arrived. Yep. Thanks to Justin Robert Young for helping us arrive every Thursday, sometimes Monday, sometimes other days. Justin, what's been going on since we talked to you last? Oh, you know, it's been a pretty wild week in the world of politics, Mm. which is why if you listened to me previously when I told you to get on this free political newsletter, then, uh, you know, you were very happy. If if you didn't, well, boy, if you you found yourself frowning this week, that's why. Congratulations, you played yourself. Head on over there right now, freepoliticalnewsletter.com. And I'm going to give a plug to my politics podcast, uh, Politics, 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 uh, which you can sign up for the Patreon at TakePoliticsSeriously.com. If you are one of our $3 a week patrons, then you will have gotten not one, not two, not three, not four. But as of tomorrow, five podcasts this week because the news has been so plentiful. Do yourself a favor. Head on over there. Take politics seriously. Excellent. Thanks to everybody who supports us on Patreon. Uh, There's lots of great perks, including an excellent column from Sarah Lane today with a bonus picture of Sam the cat and Otis the dog. You got to find it at patreon.com slash DTNS. And also, once again, big thanks to John Schmerald of Katie Computer Systems right here in Chesterfield, Missouri at katiecomputer.com for setting me up with great bandwidth and a fantastic space to do the show. Don't forget tomorrow, Friday, September 7th, I'll be in Greenville, Illinois, my hometown. Uh, We have a meetup from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Family Vine Winery, 1349 Red Ball Trail, right there in Greenville. In the meantime, give us feedback. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. If you can join us live, we'd love to have you. Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. And you can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Dr. Kiki joins us tomorrow. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.
This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.